This is the Fantasy Ladder Podcast, Episode 3. I'm your host, Steve, at Fantasy Ladder. This podcast is brought to you by the IDP Guys Network from idpguys.org. So hello once again, my fantasy football friends and family. Let's climb the ladder of fantasy football together. So in today's episode, I'm going to give you my quarterback and tight end rankings for rookies for your upcoming Dynasty rookie drafts. The NFL draft has now been concluded for a couple of days. We've had some time to chew on the landing spots and the players, and we are now ready to dive into our ever-important rookie drafts. So just going to start with the quarterbacks, then go with the tight ends. Then next episode, we'll take a look at the running backs and the wide receivers just to help you be as prepared as possible for those drafts. All right, so let's pull up the QBs here. So there's going to be a theme here with these QBs. Uh, patience will definitely be required for many of these, okay? Uh, but at the top of my rankings, I am going to have Kenny Pickett, who was the top quarterback drafted in the 2022 NFL draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is just a phenomenal landing spot. Uh, tons of talent in, in that organization right now. You got tight end Pat Fryermuth, wide receivers Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. Then the Steelers added on George Pickens and Calvin Austin. And of course, Najee Harris as the running back. Now, I say to be patient with Pickett because he will likely not be the starter to start the season. Uh, that will most likely be husband material Mitch Trubisky. Although I think Kenny Pickett couldn't absolutely keep... Um, Trubisky looking over his shoulder. Uh, I think it's really only a matter of time until Pickett becomes a starter as well as a long-term starter. Um, Pittsburgh has had a history of having really good stability at positions like that. Obviously, they are now in transition with Ben Roethlisberger off the team. So for me, Pickett seems to be a very safe pick, and I would select him basically anywhere in the first round of your rookie Dynasty uh, drafts, probably not 101. Uh, we'll get to who will be 101 in the next episode, but it really would not. I, I wouldn't think it's crazy if he went as early as as 102 uh, as a second pick overall in the draft. Um, and then just the, the later on you go in that first round, just the value will just get better for you. So for me, definitely a first round target, especially if you are QB needy in super flex leagues. Then in tier two, Pretty close call for me, to be honest. Uh, I did give the slight edge to Atlanta Falcons, uh, Desmond Ritter. I would think it would be wise to take him in the late first or as late as the mid-second. I do not think he's going to last any longer than the mid-second in those rookie drafts. He had pretty substantial uh, draft capital, being the second quarterback selected uh, at uh, sorry, excuse me, pretty early in the third round, uh, the 10th overall pick in the third round. So the Falcons did say goodbye to Matt Ryan. They bring in Marcus Mariota, who, who is an intriguing prospect in a offense that is ascending. So the head coach, Arthur Smith, you got Kyle Pitts, you have Drake London, who the Falcons also drafted in this class. Uh, we'll get to him in the next episode. So Desmond Ritter, 
is a little bit similar to Marcus Mariota in a lot of ways because they have the unique athletic ability where they're able to use their rushing. And we love that, especially for fantasy football. So again, Desmond Ritter, late first round. No, he's not going to last longer than the mid second. If that happens, absolute smash there. So I like Ritter, especially in Atlanta. Then tight, and then in Tennessee, quarterback Malik Willis. I think he can be selected in the same range. So the Tennessee Titans offense still runs through Derrick Henry, but it's the same sort of deal. Like Ritter, like Pickett, Willis, I don't believe will be the starter in week one or even in his rookie season. It is still firmly Ryan Tannehill's job, and I don't think Willis is going to change that. Not as a as a rookie, especially. Uh, he will have to be so impressive, and Tannehill would have to really drop off for them to make that switch. Uh, you know, God forbid Tannehill gets injured. That's maybe is how Willis gets. Uh, rookie season action. Now he is a very dynamic player. Uh, you cannot deny that. Uh, you can question his, his level of competition where he really blew up at Liberty university. But the fact remains that um, the Titans thought it was worth it to grab him in the third round. And I think that, that that's a really great value for them as a franchise as Tannehill. I wouldn't call him old, but he is getting older. So just a nice contingency plan either way. And we like that for, for dynasty purposes. Willis is a guy I'm definitely targeting, but not going to reach for based on the landing spot. Uh, but more importantly, the draft capital say he went to Carolina in the first round of like pick six uh, overall, this would be a different story. He would likely be above Kenny Pickett, but that, that really does matter in this case. And on top of the fact that it's a, a rush first offense, not super thrilled about that, but he is going to be paired up with Traylon Burks for the, the, the length of his career, most likely as the Titans sent AJ Brown away to the Eagles. So a lot to like with Willis, but patience will definitely be required. Then my tier three, uh, another pretty close call between Matt Coral and, and uh, Sam Howell both to be looking around third round value. Although Coral, I think it is plausible that he could go in the late second or no later than, than the mid third. Just for me personally, he presents a lot of unique athleticism with a lot of uh, interesting weapons there in Carolina with wide receiver DJ Moore, obviously running back Christian McCaffrey. And then you have some other players who we hope can live up to their potential with, especially with uh, Terrace Marshall, Tommy Tremble. So some interesting players there uh, and should still be pretty on the, uh, I'll just say it pleasantly, on, on the low end of the NFC. Uh, I don't see them winning a ton of games. They will arguably be the second worst team uh, just in their division alone. So they they could be in position to add on another big time playmaker uh, in next year's draft or, or beyond. So like Quarles, athletic upside, uh, but another one who will likely be starting the season as the backup Coral did suffer a late season ankle injury uh, that, that took place in, in the bowl game. Unfortunately, you hate to see that sort of thing for, for, for the guy's career, but that just gives enough runway, uh, I believe, for Sam Darnold to at least start the season as the starter. Um, so it's just a matter of time when Darnold starts to make the, the typical mistakes that he does. But 
Um, Coral, I think, is a very interesting option that I would not hesitate to take in the late second or mid third. Sam Howell uh, incredibly was drafted by the Washington Commanders at the top of the fifth round. Uh, really ridiculous value uh, that there was a debate saying that Howell could have very well been the best quarterback in this class. He did just have a little bit of a dip in production during his final season at UNC. I would say in large part because of the talent that left uh, in the previous draft. So what left the team was Javante Williams, uh, the running back, the running back, Michael Carter, and then wide receivers, uh, both who were drafted uh, in the previous uh, season, Daz Newsome and Diami Brown. So losing that kind of talent, you know, it, it does matter. And then that, you know, may have presented this little bit of a uh, of a dip to buy here for for Washington. But long term, a good spot. Washington has has some pretty interesting pieces in the offense. Terry McLaurin, they obviously drafted uh, Jahan Dotson out of Penn State pretty high, so we'll talk about him in the next episode. Um, third round is where I would target Sam Howell. The quarterback that's in front of him, of course, is Carson Wentz, who, despite having very early career success, has struggled in the last couple of seasons, not only to stay healthy, but also play consistently well especially for fantasy purposes, very up and down. So we do like Sam Howell to lead the commanders in the future. Third round, if you need a quarterback and you missed out on the first four, I will will absolutely not hesitate to take him anywhere in the third round. Could be early, could be late. Again, later the better. Then tier four, uh, the New England Patriots selected uh, Bailey uh, Zapp, out of uh, Western Kentucky, a, a very athletic uh, quarterback prospect. I'm considering him borderline draftable in the deepest of super flex leagues only because they have their franchise quarterback in Mac Jones, who they drafted last year. Although this pick still made me raise an eyebrow in the actual NFL draft. He was drafted ahead of Sam Howell. So that is just very interesting to me. I think Again, in the deepest of Superflex leagues, uh, is that a spot for him to go? Or just maybe like a priority uh, free agent, like after the draft, just if you have to, go, if you have to put in a fab bid. Fab, of course, is free agent acquisition budget. Uh, just like a $0 bid, throw him in the taxi if there's room for him. Really, if you miss out on him, no big deal. But just a name to kind of keep an eye on. I just find it very fascinating that he uh, was drafted ahead of Sam Howell uh, and the Patriots do know what they're doing. But again, <laughs> Mac Jones is the franchise quarterback behind him is Brian Hoyer, uh, who is who can be decent in his own right. Uh, not really for fantasy purposes, but just to, to run an offense. So we're talking major shot in the dark here with this guy. But if if you play in an insanely deep league, not a bad name to know. But beyond them, really not looking to draft or even add any of the quarterbacks uh, from this class. So we'll take a look at the tight ends now. All right. So we have a five-tier system here for the tight ends. These are basically the guys that I'm interested in drafting or even targeting there are some interesting names that just kind of landed in some not so great landing spots uh so we'll touch on those in a bit after we go through these guys 
So top of the tier, uh, this is really easy for me. This is Trey McBride, who was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. They actually traded up to take him uh, pretty uh, decently late in the second round of the NFL draft. He got selected at 23rd in the second round. Top tight end off the board. He was the Mackey. Uh, he was the Mackey Award winner, and basically. Patience is going to be needed with him because he will be playing behind Cars. Uh, he'll be playing behind uh, Zach Ertz uh, as he was traded to the Arizona Cardinals from the Philadelphia Eagles. He was traded there uh, to fill in the gap uh, that was missing from Max Williams, who who unfortunately had a season-ending injury. So Trey McBride will just have to be. Uh, on the taxi for at least a year, but I think in tight end premium, I think it'll be worth it. It's an awesome offense. They have a really dynamic quarterback in Kyler Murray, um, that there's a lot of good things happening in Arizona. The head coach was extended. The GM was uh, extended. It's just a lot of stability, a lot of good weapons there. So with the tight end position being so scarce, I think he could be a premium add but definitely worth it if your roster can can take on the little bit of a risk, perhaps, of being patient at that position. Then tier two, pretty close call here for me between Jelani Woods and Greg Dulcich. Dulcich, of course, lands in Denver with the revamped offense uh, now being led by Russell Wilson. A lot of mouths to feed there. Uh, you got Jerry Judy, Cort- Cortland Sutton. Javante Williams, the running back, more wide receivers, and Tim Patrick, and, and the young K.J. Hamler. If he can stay on the field, that would be awesome. And then you have Albert O., who is the presumed starter after dynamic tight end Noah Fant was sent over to Seattle as part of the Russell Wilson trade. So Dulcich, who's a really good pass-catching uh, tight end, I believe you should be targeting him in the mid third round to the early fourth round. I don't think he will last beyond that point. So if you want him, you got to get him in that range. Uh, And again, this is more just for tight end premium uh, where you get extra points per catch from the tight end position because of the scarcity. It's just a good way to, to level the playing field there. Now Jelani Woods was drafted as the, uh, second tight end off the board. They actually were only Jelani Woods and, and Greg Dulcich were only seven picks apart in the NFL draft. So both of them were taken in the third round, but Jelani Woods was the second tight end off the board being selected by the Indianapolis Colts, which is now being led by new quarterback, Matt Ryan. Fun fact. Uh, I think this is the fifth season in a row that the Colts will have a new starting quarterback. So this year it's looking like it's going to be Matt Ryan. Last year, it was Carson Wentz. Year before that was Phillip Rivers. Year before that was Jacoby Brissett. And the year before that was Andrew Luck. So a very fascinating situation there in in Indianapolis. But Jelani Woods, awesome athlete. Absolute freak of nature as far as an athlete goes. There's a little bit of tight end competition there. Uh, They did draft uh, Kylan Granson, who was a pretty hot uh, rookie sleeper pick in rookie drafts last year. Um, so we'll see how, how that plays out. Uh, they still have Michael Pittman and they did spend high draft capital on Alec Pierce, another wide receiver who we'll talk about uh, in the next episode. But of course in Indianapolis, it is still the Jonathan Taylor show uh, the 
unbelievably studly running back. Uh, so it, it goes through him, but Jelani Woods, again, we're looking at athleticism. We're looking at scarcity at the tight end position. That's the kind of guy you want to target, just tremendous upside at a scarce position. And the draft capital is something you can lean on to um, make that decision because it just, he just checks all the boxes and the draft capital for me was like the real lingering one. It's like, is a team really going to prioritize getting him on the roster? And and the Colts did. So extremely uh, encouraging stuff there. Love Jelani Woods. Tier three uh, is New York Jets. Jeremy Ruckert, he was the Ohio State University product. He's my guy in the fourth round, pretty much in any format. Uh, this is when it gets to be very thin at running back, very thin at wide receiver. I still like Jeremy Ruckert a lot. Again, athletic, pass-catching, tight end in an ascending offense. So the New York Jets, uh, it was not a pretty picture last season. <laughs> uh, rookie Zach Wilson really did struggle in his rookie season, but they have uh, very nice playmakers uh, sort of on deck here. So Elijah Moore, who's a rookie last year, awesome dynamic player. Uh, he's part of that offense. Then you have Michael Carter, who was like the pass catching back of the previous season. The Jets bring in Brees Hall. We'll talk about him in the next episode. The Jets also bring in Garrett Wilson, another great player. They brought in multiple tight ends uh, in free agency, although none really are going to worry me as far as Ruckert's uh, long-term outlook is concerned. Uh, the Jets brought in CJ Uzama from the Cincinnati Bengals. He's uh, a little bit of an older tight end, and even when he did have decent opportunity, very inconsistent from, from a fantasy standpoint. Um, tight end is is can be just very brutal as far as finding superstars. So really he's, he's like a veteran presence, but just honestly, just like nothing special. They also brought in Tyler Conklin from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, just your quintessential, just a guy type of a player. He was productive last season, but was extremely volume dependent. And that's just not going to be the case unless for some bizarre reason, he's the only healthy tight end in the jets offense. And even then uh, be a pretty deep, uh, type of a player to target. So Ruckert, I really like him long-term. And this to me is just targeting a, an offense where it's like uh, the, the rising tide lifts all boats kind of a situation. I think I use that phrase, right? In this case, where you add all these pieces and it can only go up. So that's where I'm banking on for, for Jeremy Ruckert. And again, really good draft capital here with him. He was also selected in the third round as the fourth overall tight end drafted in the NFL draft. Fourth tier, we're looking at Tampa Bay tight end uh, Cade Otten. I like him in the late fourth round, perhaps in the fifth round. Just a lot of moving parts there in Tampa Bay. A really great offense to try to get players from. Uh, Tom Brady is still the quarterback. Rob Gronkowski uh, cannot commit to football right now. That was like the latest news story with his uh, questions of if he wants to retire again and, and all this. So, and then uh, the, the tight end behind Rob, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard is now in Buffalo. So some pretty sneaky opportunity, opportunity there for Otten. 
And Otten is an interesting one. He was drafted as the first player in the fourth round. So not terrible draft capital there. Uh, really just a nice opportunity buy at this case. And at this price, don't have much to lose. Again, the running backs, the wide receivers are going to be real shaky. So again, in tight end premium where you want to try to uh, prioritize that position if, if you need it, really can't go wrong there. In the same tier, we have Tennessee Titan uh, Akwonu. Again, late fourth uh, to the fifth round, just kind of in the same way of Cade Otten. A lot of opportunity in in the Tennessee Titans passing game. Again, we have the transition from Tannehill to uh, Willis, uh, perhaps uh, coming up. And outside of the quarterbacks, you have... Uh, an AJ Brown list now offense. You got Traylon Burks. You have a couple of, of other wide receivers who are young guys. Austin Hooper is probably the next best, biggest name uh, at the tight end position, but uh, not necessarily a consistent performer in, in any sense. He was for a bit there in his uh, early seasons in Atlanta, then when he was on the Browns very up and down, had a couple of little flashy moments. Um, so nothing really to, to worry you. And again, at this cost, you really don't have much to lose. You just kind of throw them on, on the taxi squad, see what happens with that situation. Uh, Okwonu, interestingly enough, has been uh, compared to Janu Smith, the extremely talented athlete, athletic tight end. Uh, again, a little up and down for, for fantasy, but that's just the way the tight end position goes. So you're getting a really athletic with uh, tremendous physical traits here in Akwonu in a uh, offense that we do like. It is a run heavy offense, of course, with, with Derrick Henry leading the way, but there is kind of sneaky, op sneaky opportunity there uh, for a tight end to emerge. So again, just throw them in the taxi squad and just see what happens. You got, you really got nothing to lose at this point. Tier five, just the last name that I'll mention as far as a draftable, considerable tight end, New York Giants, Daniel Bellinger. I like him as a mid to late fifth round option in your rookie drafts, again, in these tight end premium leagues. Uh, decent draft capital near the top of the fourth round. He got drafted 4-7 in the NFL draft. Um, which is actually kind of interesting draft capital for the Giants. Uh, they have a couple tight ends on the roster at this point. They have the 30-year-old Jordan Akins, who's really just isn't anything special. Uh, and they have Ricky Seals-Jones, who at one point seemed like he would be a pretty interesting uh, athlete in the NFL. Had moments, uh, had some flashing moments uh, with Washington last season. Uh, so he will be the presumed starter in the new revamped Giants offense, I say revamped because they now have a new head coach, Brian Dobble, who is the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills for the ascension of Josh Allen. So it's a it's good. That's gonna be a really fascinating offense to to watch. Uh, they got some some interesting um, um, pieces there as well. You still got Saquon Barkley. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay. They drafted Wandell Robinson this year. We'll talk about him tomorrow. 
uh, or in the next episode. And then uh, Kadarius Tony, we are, I am very fascinated to see what ends up happening with him. Just a player with unique athleticism, uh, but just got to have a chance to, to put it all together. So we'll see what happens there. But the fact remains is that there is sneaky potential for tight end opportunity there. So you take the draft capital, you take the situation that could be ascending. That's what I'm trying to focus in on. And especially at this price, late in the fifth round of your tight end premium leagues, um, really not much to lose. I hate to keep repeating that, but it is true in this case. Um, really borderline draftable in the first place, but uh, so you don't want to reach for this guy, but definitely a priority free agent if you wanted to go a different direction and like no one else uh, took them, you know, just spend just, just even a, fa- a, a fab bib of $0. And just if there's room for him on the taxi, again, in tight end premium, I cannot emphasize this enough. Has to be tight end premium to even consider players like this. Uh, that's That would be a wise way to go. Some of the other players who I just want to touch on briefly um, who were looking to be interesting uh, players in the draft coming up, but just kind of had bizarre landing spots. Just want to highlight Charlie Kolar and Isaiah Likely. Both of them were drafted by the Baltimore Ravens when they already have phenomenal tight end star Mark Andrews. That was a bit bizarre to me. So not really sure what they were thinking there. But again, the Baltimore Ravens are some of the or one of the best drafting teams in the NFL right now. So I'm really in no position to question that. Cole Turner is another interesting tight end option drafted by Washington. Uh, Logan Thomas was their starter last year, had a pretty tough injury. He missed, I want to say, more than half of the games of the season last year. So there is opportunity uh, at the tight end position. They do have a player, uh, John Bates, who's decent, not a tremendous athlete or anything. So, So there's possibility with Cole Turner just to keep like on your radar, just see what happens, just add them like in the middle of the season. Uh, but another guy to just keep an eye on, but buried uh, on, on, on the depth chart, unfortunately. So there you have it. Those are the quarterback and tight end tiers. I'll pull up the quarterbacks one more time just to take another look at that. If you're watching on YouTube, that is and then uh, the tight ends once again. So that's episode three. Uh, I do appreciate you listening and uh, do appreciate you watching. Uh, Just want to remind you that at IDP, guys, there's going to be content relating to Dynasty and Redraft Leagues all summer long. Uh, Obviously, at IDP, guys, they have an an emphasis on the individual players uh, type of format, but we really do cover everything articles, videos, please check us out. Uh, you will not be sorry. And if you already are a subscriber, well, you already have an edge on, on your league mates, I'm sure. So thanks for tuning in and keep climbing.